Welcome back to Geek Life, Panamanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me are my fearless co-hosts, Joe. Hello. Pinku. Uh, I'm a co-host? Sure. What? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why no. not? No. Okay. <laughs> with us, we also have Nero. Hello. Now, we have a new podcast set up. New gear and exciting fun goodness. We saved up for a while and bought some new stuff, so we all have our own mics. Well, almost. Some of the mics are still in the mail. <laughs> so so right now, right now, uh, Nuro and Pinku are sharing a mic. And Ew. I have to sit next to you. Uh, <laughs> and then Joe and I have our own mic. And then we decided to say, uh, we just decided to kick Brian off of this one. Yeah, fuck you guys, you jack wagons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, and the, the door. And the door, even. <laughs> it's not like the AIM door slamming sound Yes, effect. yes. <laughs> all right, so this time we're talking all comics, but first, a little housekeeping. First up on housekeeping, we have our new gear. We already said that. Yay! <laughs> Yay again. Next, next, Brian wanted to make sure that we apologize to Lunar Baboon's wife. Miss Baboon. <laughs> Miss Baboon. She actually got back to us in the comments of the podcast. It was last, was it last podcast? Yeah, it was yeah. The last. No, the one before. Yeah, yeah. So two podcasts ago, we covered. Yeah, because last one was Stephen Lewis or That's Stephen right, Lewis. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, so two podcasts ago, episode forty, I believe, we talked about Lunar Baboon, which is just a great web comic. And if you haven't mm-hmm. heard of it or seen it, check you, it out. You weren't listening. Yeah, that. listen to the podcast. Follow the links. It's really good stuff. Anyway. In there, we made an observation about the character design of Lunar Baboon's wife. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Did we actually say, say that? I we thought did that actually was off say mic. that. Well, Ooh. yeah, because we, because we were talking about how different hairstyles suggest a oh. certain age. Uh-huh. Oh, you know? yeah. And so, oh. we, like, kind of the high, loose bun. <gasps> oh, <laughs> we're no. suggesting is like a more mature mother instead of a young girl sort of look. I think I said grandma look. Ooh. And so, if she promptly came on the comments and said, this is Luda Baboon's wife. High buns are sexy. And then had a link to Google images with high space buns. <laughs> and it was just a bunch of hot women in high buns. And so I actually had to retract What's my link? statement. What? What's this link again? It was just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so there was no grandmas in the Google search for high buns. You just weren't doing the right Google search. No, that's, that's what... You've got to add a couple more keywords for that one. Yeah, I'll right. show you later. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So, yeah, so I um I went ahead and, and apologized in the comments there and said, uh, I stand corrected. But, yeah, so sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. It's funny because we Good just we say that. these random different things and then we get caught for them now. Yeah. <laughs> you mean people actually listen to it? I know. It's weird. Go figure. Uh, yeah, hey. We have to see girls in hot buns, you know. <laughs> so bonus. It's the best. Okay. What else was I? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So, you guys are retarded. All right. Okay. Uh, next up on housekeeping, something really exciting. We are going to be having a table at Free Comic Book Day, which is this coming Saturday, at Waterfront Comics in Sassoon, California. We'll have all the pertinent links below, but we actually have a little message from John, owner and operator of Waterfront Comics, and we'll play that for you now. Hello, Geek Life listeners. This is John Harder from Waterfront Comics. We'd love to see you all down here Saturday for Free Comic Book Day. We can take place in a live podcast. Come jump around in a jump house, eat snow cones, and get as many free comics as you like. We'll see you then. Thanks, John. We're really looking forward to seeing you this coming weekend. Really excited about all that stuff. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for housekeeping. Let's move into our indie spotlight. 
This week's indie review goes out to Christopher from ChristopherComic.com. This is an adorable little comic that has been going on for, what, three years now? Was that how long? According to the archive, the first comic came out on September 9th, 2010. <laughs> and it's, it's titled, OMG Pregnant! <laughs> <laughs> so let me go ahead and just read what Christopher has on his About page. Hey, so I'm Christopher. As of this writing, I am 30 years old. I reside in Frederick, Maryland, USA. And this comic is an ongoing series about my life as a new father, husband, and just me in general. I've been drawing as long as I can remember, first inspired by my favorite video games such as Legend of Zelda and Sonic the Hedgehog. So you can thank video games for me being able to draw at all. That's an interesting... Uh, that is really interesting, isn't yeah, it? That's one you don't see every often. Yeah, most of the time people say, oh, I was watching this or reading that or something yeah. like that. Com but, but video games being the source of drawing, that's cool. Okay. I came to love comics when I was first introduced to Calvin and Hobbes by a friend named Josh when I was in the fifth grade and was instantly hooked. Calvin and Hobbes, good choice. Mm -hmm. I think almost all of us have one of those on our shelves at this point. No yeah. problem. That or Garfield. Yeah, those two are the standbys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, of course, Peanuts. But, you know, that kind of almost goes without yeah. saying. And I think Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes are kind of the boys' first venture into comics. Yeah, totally. Well, it's very relatable for both, yeah. you know, for four guys in particular, I guess. Well, especially Calvin and Hobbes. That's exactly what it's like being a little boy. Okay, so he was instantly hooked in fifth grade. Since then, he's dabbled in a few different styles ranging from Japanese anime and manga style, American-slash-Western comic styles, and most recently, straight-up cartooning. It was when I finally tried my hand at cartooning that what I drew on paper just felt right. And I think that styles I have previously worked in have a nice way of showing through today. Currently, I work at a job that I do not care for. I work at a sewage treatment plant. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> That's brutal. I bet he hears a lot of shitty jokes. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but it pays the bills, so there you go. I do hope in the long run to be able to get a job doing something creative. And I dream of working in the production line of an art slash animation studio one day. Disney, I'm still waiting for that phone call. My wife and I were married in 2006. We had our first child, Nathan, in 2011. Without those two, this comic would not have been possible. And I owe an infinite amount of thanks and love to them for the constant inspiration and support. Well, at least I thank my wife for the support for now because my kid is still too young to even know what the heck I do at this point. Smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty good summary of what this comic is like. This comic is very much a slice-of-life comic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked a lot about recently... A couple of the comics, actually the last two comics that we went ahead and talked about on the Indie Spotlight were laugh-out-loud funny kind of comics. Oh, yeah. Almost every single release, strip, page, just had you just laughing right out loud. Yeah, Murder Cake. I, I could barely sit in the chair. I know, right? So good. This one, however, Christopher, his stuff is, is much more chuckle funny with a smattering of laugh-out-loud funny, mm -hmm. which is great because it's meant to be a slice-of-life thing. The point of each comic isn't, but um, ch, haha, now you laugh, right? It feels like it's more about giving you a little observation into what, giving you a little window into what his day to day is like. Yeah. And it, just it, sort of with a humorous sort of hint, you know? Yeah, it goes from chuckle funny to kind of nostalgic, you yeah, know, back really to funny, and has a good range to it. There was one that had me laughing really hard, though. It was he, him and his wife driving in the car. And his wife just sort of leaning against the window randomly says, you know, I'm really craving chocolate. I must be getting close to my period. And then he looks at her and he says, well, man, if that means that you're having your period, I must be on my period all the time. <laughs> and she goes, that would explain a lot. <laughs> it's like, I've had those moments because you hear women say, 
oh, I, I really love chocolate. I'm, or I must, you know, like, like they connect chocolate and period somehow. And it's just like, son of a bitch, I'm obsessed with chocolate. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> what was some, did you guys come across ones that really stood out to you? Actually, I did kind of laugh at that one a little bit. That one was funny, right? Yeah. And there was the, the goose one. And the goose is chasing him, going, tss, tss, and he just turns around, chases it, goes, tss. Right? Well, that's the first one that I saw. I yeah. think that was the most recent one at the time of this recording Uh yeah actually that was the whole reason why i wanted to to cover this in the first place because i have a personal problem with with geese oh i hate those they're they're horrible oh yeah like the ones at the park they're just little yeah they they, they're 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 aggro yeah they're horrible they're just horrible i the most aggressive duck i've ever seen (laughs) exactly like they put foul in foul (laughs) (laughs) no i had an uncle who was living on a ranch and he had a bunch of geese that were just hanging around, and they would they would travel. Is it a gaggle of geese? Is that what that's it called? It is a gaggle. Yeah. It's not like a street gang or something. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Those little bastards were mean. Right? I try and get near the house, and they basically had taken it upon themselves to protect the homestead. And so you'd get near them, and they would peck you and bite. What? Yeah, and like oh, a, yeah. It, the whole gaggle would come at you and like surround you like some kind of a gang beating. It was oh, crazy. My God. And so of course I decided that. It was too scary, and so I would just wait for a parent or something to help me usher my way through the geese, and they'd shoot them out of the way. Eventually, I got mad, and I just grabbed a stick in each arm and just helicoptered my way through them, <laughs> just smacking geese. <laughs> so, yeah. I deserved it. I don't Geese are any. awful. So yeah. I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Christopher understands the awfulness of geese pretty well. Now, does That's it a, count as protecting the homestead if they're biting the people trying to come out of it, too? I don't think that... Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were just coming after me because I was a newbie. Uh, you know. They wanted you a part of the gang. They were jumping you. you <laughs> they were jumping out. me in. That's it was, it what was it was. Initiation. Uh, okay. You Whoops. <laughs> you would have gotten your ceremonial beak and feathers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you didn't exactly. even get your tattoo or anything. <laughs> no. Uh, this duck this life. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's oh. nice. That's nice. <laughs> so obviously, we really enjoyed the the the, <laughs> the geese one. That one was awesome. <laughs> no, there's just a lot of really fun comics in this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of them that some of them weren't so much funny as. As much as they were, I found myself resonating with them, you know, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, just kind of the daily grind of going to work and drawing and having family and all that sort of stuff. It was really, really good. And I found some of them were actually really sweet. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, there's that there's the one where he's cradling his kid or something like that after the end of a long day. And that's all that's all the comics about. Kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have kids, but I, I get what you mean. Right. Exactly. And there was mm-hmm. one where he was like laying next to his wife in bed and she was like she, he could tell she was having a hard day and he got out of bed, walked around and laid next to her and said, it seemed like you need to spoon or you need to cuddle a little bit. It's just like, oh, that's sweet. And that's really cool. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of ballsy, honestly, because there's this expectation for web comics to be this kind of cheap laugh every darn time. Yeah. You know, and I, I find myself being more and more drawn to the slice of life stuff. You know, mm-hmm. several of the ones that we've talked about recently, Lunar Baboon and Six Color Stories. Yeah, They're very actually, slice of life. This actually really reminded me of Six Color Stories. Yeah, 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 it did, definitely. Yeah. Similar sort of tone. Because sometimes both of them, they don't they don't go straight for the for the funny jugular, as it were. Yeah. But they still connect with you and you still enjoy it. So why don't we talk a little bit about the art style? I thought it was really I enjoyed it. Yeah, art style's uh, actually pretty cool. It seems like pretty trendy in terms of like a lot of the big strong contours for for lines, like these big just black arcs. Right. That you know they're really expressive, so it's, yeah, they're really visceral. So yeah, right. yeah. It's like it's all it's getting to the point. It's like raw motion, but you know, really good forms too, because they're really 
because they're solid. Can I say solid one more time? Just one more time. Just one more time. One thing I thought was really interesting was the solid color eyes, speaking of solid. Yeah. Even in the earlier comics, which actually this is an excellent example of a webcomic that's been going on for a while. And you can tell that there's this constant effort that Christopher is putting into improving. That he doesn't just rest on his laurels and this is how I draw and that's it. Because there's all this improvement and growth over the years starting black and white and it still looks similar you can tell it's the same yeah. artist but it's mm -hmm. grown a lot and that's why i think one of the coolest things about webcomics we've said it before but this is a perfect example of that that it's started out good yeah because there's some webcomics that start out bad and then get better but this started out really good and it and it just grew into this really polished sort of style yeah you definitely with the long-running ones you get to see that evolution yeah especially the ones of you know three years a couple that have been on for like 10 years right but the way that he draws the eyes was essentially the same all the way through all the different iterations from black and white moving into color kind of changes throughout a lot of different things change artistically, but the eyes are always one solid color early on. They were all black mm. and then eventually mm -hmm. they just became a circle, which is white. And now they're all one color. I think blue most of the time. Yeah, actually there was one comic where he was uh, drawing himself in different stages of his life. And th as a child, it had him in black and white with some line art and then, the saturation pretty much was the highest at his current state, and there was actually uh, no lines on that, but the eyes were solid really? there, too. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's it sort of reminds me of actually kind of what I do on, on my random Tumblr yeah, scribbles, where, mm -hmm. I, where he does like these little different styles, but you could tell it's the same hand that makes them throughout. Sure. Hmm. And that's pretty cool. I mean, there's nothing saying that you have to draw in the same style, and I understand that like when you're going to school, you're supposed to polish your personal style sure. and that sort of thing, but this is a obviously a leisure activity so ain't no rules yeah exactly and that's one of the cool things about this is that it, it does have the flexibility to grow and change in whatever direction it's kind of wanting to go i was initially when i first saw it because i found him on twitter and went to the site and started reading some of the comics and the first thing that popped into my head the moment i saw the header on the homepage, and you got a picture of the characters with these big blue eyes i thought to myself i wonder how successful he'll be at making them really emotive because it's one thing if you're going to have like little dot eyes or solid color eyes, mm -hmm. or if you're going to have eyes that show the iris and the pupil separately. But this one seems sort of like something that was wanting to go the iris pupil direction, and it's just whoom, all one color, be they black, white, or blue at this point. And I was in instantly concerned that it would be difficult to really drive home emotion with the characters, but that's not so at all. There seems to be a kind of a nice balance he's been able to find with moving the other facial expressions around and being able to communicate what they're thinking and feeling and motion and energy that works really well. Yeah, and just know? a little subtle twitch in the eyebrows, and you can change the whole perspective of Right, you know, but it emotion. is not easy to do that. The not less you true. have to work with, the more nuanced it becomes. It's yeah. one of the hardest things that you made me do with Dinner and Dragons. Yeah, just in that recent one, we changed from... Concern to shock just by moving the eyebrows up and down just a little bit and then yeah. tweaking the cheeks I mean yeah. almost nothing and so in in art. I grew up focusing a lot on early on on Like Marvel comics and things like that and then came back and went really head over heels into Japanese cartoons and comics and There's a huge amount of emphasis on the eyes in Japanese cartoons and comics and so that's sort of my go-to place and so I use that a lot to communicate what the character's thinking or feeling. There's a lot of expression in the eyes. There's a lot you can do. There's a huge variance, especially in that sort of anime manga style. Yeah. 
And so for me, whenever comics don't do that, it's always like, oh, that's restrictive and that's hard. And and I was really glad when you came to me and was like, nah, man, we're gonna have we're gonna have it like this, and it's not gonna do that. That at first I was kind of freaking out inside, <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this will be a good challenge. And it really has been an interesting experience to try and make that work. And this is kind of what it feels like with Chris is that it seems like there's really a good way to be able to to get away with that and have the simplistic eyes, but have everything else be able to be moving and natural mm-hmm. and movement and you still get what's coming across, you know? Yeah. Well, I also think the uh, simplified form of, of his character designs add a lot too, because it's when you have just really simple shapes expressing bodies and other things like that, then it lends a lot to the face. Definitely. Because you could, you know, you bend a, you bend just like an arc in a certain direction and it changes everything about what the figure is doing. And I think it feeds into those. Yeah, I think that when you have a simpler form, it's becomes more and more about the line art. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't hide behind things very well because there's just a couple lines there. Yeah. And then line quality and all the little tiny lines that you get to use because you're limiting yourself essentially to just a couple that you have to really have it be just right. Yeah, it needs to be economical. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys notice that the header is an animated GIF that changes every once in a while? Is it? What? It is. It goes from him kind of smiling, mouth open. Just kidding. I'm not crazy. It happens. <laughs> He's totally messing with us because it's there. It like goes to this big, crazy, smiley face and then back to the normal one. There it ah, is. There See? it goes. Wow. Huh. It's got to be like a separate animated gift to the name, but Christopher, you messed with us. Because <laughs> as I was reading that... Off in the distance, like up in the right-hand side of the screen, something changed. And I looked up there, and it was static. And I was like, I just, oh, that was weird. And so I just kept reading comics, reading comics. And the next thing I know, again, it changed. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> well, I figured maybe it randomly loaded a different image or something like that. But it that. actually changes it as you're watching it. But it's it's like a... Oh, there it goes again. It's like a minute. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> this is really funny. I don't know. I wonder if that was just some kind of Easter egg or what, but... It's clearly not meant to happen constantly. That's awesome. Well, I yeah. thought that dude was glaring at me. I know, seriously, it was messing with me. <laughs> All right, well, anything else you guys want to say about Christopher? Go read it. Go yeah, read it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's definitely really fun. You can find Christopher's comic at ChristopherComic.com, appropriately named. Mm. <laughs> you can follow Christopher on Twitter at Christopher. <laughs> How many R's it's, is that? It's, it's Christoph and then three E's and three R's. Check the show notes. So check the show oh notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that's really it. the only efficient way to do it. We'll, we'll have links, of course, to all of Christopher's stuff. But the first time I saw him on Twitter, I thought to myself, oh, crud, that's going to be a pain in the butt to write in. Thank God for autocomplete. Well, why don't we take a quick musical break? When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about creepy coffee movie time. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us.
Welcome back to Geek Life. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can visit audibletrial.com forward slash geeklife for your free audiobook download and free one-month trial of Audible's excellent service. They have over 100,000 titles on almost every different kind of media you could think of. Kindle, iPhone, Android, CD, whatever you need. They'll hook you up. We always like to make a good suggestion for an excellent book. And I just finished book number three in the Strain Trilogy. I know I talked about it before, but I figured I'd come back and give you guys a little wrap-up that it is worth checking out. The whole series, one, two, and three, totally worth checking out. So if you don't remember, the Strain Trilogy is written by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan, and it is their take on a vampire outbreak that eventually goes to a rather apocalyptic sort of level. In the third book, basically the vampires have won. They own the night, they own the day, they own the everything. Oh boy! You know they've 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 blown shit up. They've taken over the earth basically, completely. I won't tell you how it happens or all of the details that are so incredibly well told in the first and second book to get to where we are in the third book. But basically, things go to hell, hmm. <laughs> and the vampires essentially become the new one world regime. It's pretty wild. I thought they were kind of feral in the second. Book. They're always feral, except they are all subjugated by the master, the original vampire. Uh-huh. And he has a constant psychic link to every vampire on the planet. He can see through their eyes. He can speak through them to different people. It's like the most amazing internet thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And direct connection. Yes, yes. Scary. It's pretty wild. And so he is obviously a seriously powerful foe and very dangerous. And essentially, he has worked things in such a way planning for hundreds of years to basically trigger a couple of key events and position a couple people who are his subordinates in powerful places to be able to cause within a week or two's time the world to just fall under his complete control. And people know that vampires exist and they willingly basically go about their lives under the new vampire regime. Hmm. There's like blood camps where or blood farms, but then there's a lot of people that go and just do the normal infrastructure things but now they're just working for vampires. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it's asserting that people, for the most part, will just kind of do their thing. I've worked for some bloodsuckers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a really, really interesting book. It has a very post-apocalyptic feel, which is great because the first book or two don't really have that. They have the world is falling apart right now craziness feel, but it's still our world. It's still still something that you recognize. But in the third book, it's full-on, totally different world. Everything is dilapidated and trashed. It's been a couple of years, I almost want to say. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, I think, since the second book. So things have really developed and gotten totally off the rails as far as traditional society is concerned. Hmm. And you've got that same group of people that met each other and started working together in book one and two, and they're still trying to take down the big vampire. Because in this story, when you kill the original vampire, anybody that he sired and anybody that they sired and anybody that they sired... He instantly dies. So he's basically completely all-powerful, and the only way you can kill him is with a nuclear weapon in the right spot, and it's all complicated. I don't want to get into that part of the story, but he's pretty pretty comfortable and safe. But they find a way to try and do something, and so this book is about them taking a run at that final, final chance. But in a world where he is totally in charge, not in a world where he's sneaking around and people are running and screaming because vampires are just showing up and nobody knows what the hell's going on. It's in a world where... Vampires are in charge. People are tattletailing on the Aww. resistance guys to the vampires because they don't want to get in trouble. Like, Weak. yeah, it's really cool. So the the book series really takes you on this incredible journey, and the world changes a lot along with the story. So very worth checking out. Again, that's 
The Strain Trilogy, and the one we were just talking about is the final one in the Strain Trilogy called The Night Eternal, written by Chuck Hogan and Guillermo del Toro, narrated by Daniel Oreskes. If that sounds interesting, or if you just want to get a cool book from Audible that you want to just search up and find on your own, why don't you have one on Geek Life? Go to audibletrial.com forward slash geeklife and get your free audiobook download and free one-month trial of their excellent service. Check it out. Several of us subscribe to it. We really like it a lot. So for our indie comic review today, we've got a special treat for all the local Bay Area people. We have Creepy Coffee Movie Time. The comic book. The comic book. (laughs) Now, Creepy Coffee Movie Time is a Saturday night creature feature... Elvira-esque sort of thing, except not Elvira. Just Except it's Balrog and No Name. Yes, that's right. No Name from Alice. And Live 105. And Live 105, right. Just an overall Bay Area radio presence. Yes. And they watch bad old movies, slashers, monster flicks, and the like. They have sexy women dance around and back. (laughs) They have their fact rat... Yeah, a guy dressed up as a rat who sits at a school desk, like an elementary school desk, and throws out random facts related to the story. And basically, they just have fun watching awful, awful movies. <laughs> and this is on our local TV channel. Uh, so it's Coffee TV, yeah. It is Coffee TV. Yeah, and they've got a bunch of fun stuff on there, but this is really cool, actually. This was a really interesting compilation that uh, the guys at Creepy Coffee Movie Time put together. So they got six stories together from local artists and local comic creators threw them all together in this little compilation and we're giving it out at the last yeah at the actual at the uh, horror con when, the, we were, when we were at miss misery's miss Misery, days, days of, of terror. terror that's what yeah which is appropriate for this book absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and that was really was really fun so the one of the guys that's involved in this is mel smith who if you remember from several podcasts back we reviewed his dead ahead comic issue one which is like zombies on the high seas, mm-hmm. and which was really fun and amazing art. Yeah, and but he, uh, he wrote one of the stories yes. in our our compilation here. So it was because of him that we actually have it in the first place. Because not, of course, everybody that was involved in the comic were there at the con. It was at his at his table that he was promoting that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, he was one of the artists on there. And this and this anthology of just kind of crazy creature feature slasher weird randomness. Oh yeah, some of these were just so damn bizarre. Yes, bizarre is a very good word. <laughs> I think it was in the spirit of the show, totally. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, Mel Smith did the Cave Girls title. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. There was also Wolfsbane by Paul H. Birch. Bum Hunters and Bumpires by... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not making heard. this up. <laughs> Bumpires. It's not as bad as you think. <laughs> I don't know, that first couple of panels where the Bum Hunters just go out and like nearly beat to death a little old lady I'm like All right. it's oh, not it's bum no. as in like it's a, it's a hobo not bum kind of as in bad. butthole yeah, that, that, yeah it's the other kind of bad yeah but when the bumpires started chasing the bum hunters I was okay good yeah it's not some really awkward let's kill all the homeless people sort of <laughs> right. we have the solution <laughs> oh I was really scared for a minute there <laughs> Karina by Stefan Jackson by M. Bum Hunters was by Kenneth James Thomas. Slob by Stefan Taylor. And the Creepy Coffee Movie Time intro and exit by Manuel Martinez. 
Now I think that the intro and exit were some of the some of the best art in there actually. Oh yeah, like, I really liked yeah. the, the the characters. And it's I think it's really fun to see characters that are actually like real human TV personalities. One one of which has a rubber mask, but still, <laughs> you know, to see these guys that you can see on you know you can record Saturday night at this crazy creature feature thing to actually see them in a comic, just totally embodying their personalities mm-hmm. and their characters from the show, goofing around, being silly. Like really good art. It looked just like them, and oh, yeah. it was just really fun. Oh yeah, well, uh, I thought it was kind of funny because I didn't realize No Name had a show too, or had an actual TV show, so I didn't realize that like, he was the same No Name. Right when they said No Name, I was thinking to myself, "Wait, like the radio guy?" No, exactly the radio guy. <laughs> yeah, because growing up in Napa, California, he is a radio personality from originally, I think, the city. Right, San Francisco is that where from Alice is from? Um. Yeah, I don't know, but he's been around almost 20 years now. Yeah, yeah, he's been around for some time, and, and he's been a radio personality as we were all growing up listening to the different stations that you know young people listen to, alternative rock stations and things like that. Yeah, he's been I, around. I swear he's been on every radio station it seems in like. the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. So like, like sometimes multiple stations at the same time. Man. <laughs> An Dude, illustrious radio career. Dude's Absolutely. Got work. He does. He does. And he's just I think I think it was Nuru who was saying, guy's just a born entertainer. Even in front of the camera, he's just animated and wacky and goofy and yeah. creepy coffee movie time. The show is something you should definitely check out. If you're in the Bay Area, I don't know how far it reaches, but if you're in the Bay Area, just go onto your D V R and search for creepy coffee, coffee with a K and a Y. <laughs> so K-O-F-Y <laughs> but then you should be able to find you should be able to find it and uh, we actually set it up to record the show and so we'll watch a couple episodes and see how long we survive it's pretty wacky <laughs> well if you're into like MST3K and yeah. like Elvira and those yeah, kind exactly. of B movies yeah. yeah exactly it's it's totally cool it's like it that. definitely felt like it fit with the culture of the comic convention we were at yeah oh, the yeah. days of TerrorCon was definitely one of the two maybe three or four distinct classes of people who like horror there's like the the cheesy crazy old-fashioned horror that people just get off on Mm -hmm. and then continue to make movies that are like that even modern times and then there's the like modern horror that's meant to really be creepy and scary and then there's like the cerebral you know it's like there's lots of different kind of genres and and people that like horror movies don't necessarily all like all horror movies you know people are really into slasher flicks from the 80s aren't necessarily gonna be into all the saw movies Right, exactly. Yeah, and so this definitely has that kind of old school horror fan feel to oh, it. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely a parody of the old school creature feature stuff that we used to watch when we were mm-hmm. kids. Very, very fun. So, did any of these stories really stand out to you guys? Besides Bum Hunter. Besides Bum Hunter, <laughs> Besides being <laughs> yeah. creeped out by Bum Hunter. Bum Hunter was the one that where I was kind of that got the most reaction out of me, just because like you're, you're what exactly like whoa wait a minute you're just killing homeless people and you're comeuppance right i'm waiting for your comeuppance right and then it happens yeah, yeah. and you're like all right but the art for the um oh geez what is it the one with all the topless chicks actually which one was that one? Oh, the cave girls yeah cave girls i thought it was really uh really competent and mm. really good stuff. yeah it was really like, good it seemed kind of like a classic art style like something yeah. that you would see from yeah, like maybe like no, like i don't know the, like um, old school yeah. comics like what did you say even Prince, gold like, age comics or no, there's a comic no. that used to come on Prince the... Valiant. Yeah, that's like, the one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I kept... it was like a grown-up Prince Valiant. Yeah, it was. I kept saying C- Prince Caspian because C- Prince Caspian was a character in in the in this one, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was Prince Valiant, and I'm like, who is it? Prince what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it felt really interesting. It, it seemed like it was all like pencil strokes, though, right? Like, oh yeah. yeah, totally. It's just pencil on paper, I would guess. Yeah. Really good mm-hmm. though. Yeah, it was really. Doesn't need to be inked. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, and honestly. 
boobs. And boobs. <laughs> no, they were good looking, though. I mean, they were drawn really well, like realistic. And this is from a woman. Yeah. Woman approved. Pinku approved boobs. <laughs> that might not be. Uh, <laughs> a connoisseur of I, boobs. I don't know that that's a lofty thing to achieve. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, yeah, hey, boobs. The girls you draw have nice boobs. I hope so. <laughs> Except for that one. Yeah, I know that one, right? <laughs> no, but actually, throughout almost all the book, it was really, really competent art and really, really, it was really clear storytelling. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of talent locally. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think the Sacramento area really is rocking. I mean, this is where we got it was a sac con, but I guess it's not necessarily a Sacramento thing, is it? Uh, no. Just kind you of know, a Bay coffee's, Area thing? Yeah, coffee's yeah. Bay yeah. Area. Yeah. I'm sure they get out in sac. But, the Bay uh, Area is really rocking with all of the all of the artistic talent in mean, big time. Yeah. That's yeah. around, yeah. Absolutely. The one that I think stood out to me the most was probably Wolfsbane, because it cracked me up so bad. Oh, yeah. So there's basically this, like, werewolf woman who's in this cage, being tested on by all these nameless guys in lab coats and stuff walking around, and most of them are really mean, but then there's this one guy who's really nice and is always friendly to her and sweet with her, and they always kind of depend on him to interact with her, like, when anybody has to get close or open the cage or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is showing her inner monologue about how mean these guys are, but this one guy I look forward to, and he's so nice... And eventually she ends up breaking out and escaping and everybody's hunting them, hunting her down, trying to find her. And all the guys in the lab coats that are mean are out there with like trank guns trying to shoot her down. And then around the corner comes the guy that she'd spent all this time character developing and appreciating. And and he just raises the gun up and she's like, well, I guess he's just like the rest of them. And then like the next next frame, not even the next page, she's just ripping his throat out and being like, This is the, okay. The last line after she ripped his throat out and she's scampering off and he's on the ground bleeding out. It says, His smile had made her forget he wore white like they did and was not to be trusted, but he was delicious. <laughs> and it's just like, of all the ones, that was the, one of the most just like, What? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, what happened? What I is going on? It was so weird. Oh, man. Uh, that's you're right. That's how I look for boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and what was with that one slob in Spaced Cowboy? It was just two pages of the most random, crazy shit it, I've ever seen, ever. Like, sexual pop culture references over and over and over. Right, and then there's, there's like, pirates and Darth Vader and a and dinosaur dinosaur for some reason and a giant Cthulhu guy. And the Enterprise. Right, and the Cthulhu. Tar- yeah, it's just... <laughs> it was no, so but- random... The amount of stuff that you just listed, considering this three pages long, is Two actually- pages. Oh, two, One, sorry, two, my two bad, pages. two... Yeah, no, that's oh, and a giant spider. Pretty jam packed uh-huh. right there. That's value, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so crazy, so crazy. Why don't we go around and give our reviews? Joe, what did you think of the Creepy Coffee Movie Time comic edition? I liked it. I think if they kept on going and featured new artists and writers, you know, once a month or once a quarter, however the hell often they put it out. That would be an awesome showcase for the Bay Area and the Sacramento Valley and all the really local, really talented artists to have kind of something to bring them all together. Yeah, I think so. So if that's what they're going with it, I'll give this a definite four. Yeah, it's exciting to see where it could go. Mm -hmm. I I think that one of the things that we heard over and over again from everybody uh, that weekend that we went to the Days of Terror and then the next day was SatCon. I think because those two were paired together one after the next, there were some more horror-themed comics and stuff at the mm-hmm. SatCon as well. People that stayed both days. But I kept hearing over and over again, 
The people wanted to revive the old Tales from oh, the yeah, Crypt Tales comic Crypt. stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that really gone, or is that still around? I don't see it around, but I don't yeah. really hang out in those circles, too, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I haven't seen the comics in forever, either. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe there isn't any. I, I don't know. I never followed it enough. I remember from when I was younger that it was just a bunch of random, creepy comics that... I mean, did mm-hmm. it have multiple stories in one issue? I felt like it did, didn't it? I think it? it did, yeah. Yeah. So, it seems like there's a lot of love from the old-school horror community for the... Crypt Keeper stuff. Yeah. And it would be fun for us to see more of that. And so it seems like this is one of the many that is trying to do that. Multiple short stories in one comic. Very horror creeper themed. But I think that what's so fun about this in comparison to some of the other ones is that instead of them just being an anthology, that they're bookended by the crazy personalities from the Creepy Copy movie time with of Balrog mm-hmm. and No Name. Yeah. That it's, it's kind of awesome to have that because I think that was part of what Tales from the Crypt had is that it had the Crypt Keeper as a personality, like exactly. introducing them, which yeah. was so wacky. And I think that it works really well to have something like that. And it was part of the tongue-in-cheek fun that made those so successful and fun. So, yeah, I Definitely. agree. Yeah. yeah, it's like so, having a liaison. Sure. So even if it gets too bizarre, you're kind of pulled back anyway. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So, four for Joe. Four for me. Okay, Pinku. That's yeah, three. And I'm saying that even as a... I get really burnt out on this genre really quickly, sure. so I kind of get tired of it really easy. But still, a three... Three, just because it's really common and really solid, really good stuff. As long as they keep the quality up, I would totally read more. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to go with the three as well. I really had a lot of fun with it. I would like to see more. I think this one came out in, what, 11? 2011? I think so, so. I think it's still going around the con circuit, maybe trying to see if people are really interested. I don't know. I sure hope that I sure hope that we didn't run into it too late and, and it's over and there's not going to be another one, because that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Aside from, like, Fangoria and... Like occasionally uh, in um, heavy metal, I don't think there's a lot of horror comic going around anymore. Well, I mean, horror comic in this sort of style, yeah, you know, not. I mean, there's there's a bunch of, you know, nightmare monsters in comics, sure, Mm -hmm. but like specifically, this is a horror comic, not so much. And I I like the compilation format too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a little bit. It's really good ADD for all of us internet kids. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although I could have gone with uh, Slob being just a little longer. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so much in so little time. But yeah, on the whole, very entertaining. If you want to learn more about Creepy Coffee Movie Time, the comic, the show, or anything else involving that, just check the show notes. We'll have all the links there. Thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. You can find Pandamanga on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pandamangacomics. Follow us on Tumblr at pandamanga.tumblr.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at IndieComics, the number four, all. We're very active on Twitter because I'm on there all the time and sort of obsessed with it. So please hit us up and follow us and we'll try and keep you in the loop of all the fun stuff. This is JP. We'll see you next time.
It's your beard. Your beard's making noise. I can, I, hear it. My, I can hear your beard growing, god damn it. Yeah. 